The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Well, if the players don't know what the in-season tournament's supposed to be like, then what hope is there for us betters? Well, let me see what I can do to kind of help explain things real quickly before we get into the bets we like. So there's six groups. So all 30 teams play X number of games. There are six groups. The winners of those six groups and then two wild card teams make a single elimination tournament. And then from there, uh, you get all the way down to one. And then that one team wins the, uh, you know, weirdly shaped trophy. And so that's the in-season tournament for you. So uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> so that being said, uh, Joe, where would you like to start as far as your futures go? Yeah, no, I mean, I just, I think that's the league. I think he's speaking for the majority of the league right now. NBA fans forget about this. Oh, yeah, it's Friday, so it's in-season tournament day. Oh, it's Tuesday, it's in-season tournament day. Does anybody care about this? The players are telling you they don't care, which which kind of proves to me that betters were right about this in the offseason because the entire idea, every, every NBA better that I spoke with was – okay, we're going to go for some dark horses where you can find some value and then you get the best player on that mm. team. Maybe you take long shots on them to to win the MVP of this in-season tournament. So I know people were taking shots on SGA or Zion and, and stuff like that at ridiculously long numbers. And then you look early on at it. I know OKC was very hot. Like they were a hot team just outside of the in-season tournament as well as just a riser. Everybody's betting on them. They're 0-2 in the in-season tournament. Are are they eliminated now? Are they done? What it's do you not good. I mean, I don't know if they're officially eliminated, but you can throw them trash. I think, like, I don't know out. if they're officially yeah. mathematically done, but it's it's the six group play winners, and then two teams with the best record, and you got like as wild cards, one from each conference, and you got to win a bunch of tiebreakers if that's going to be you. I think at minimum you got to go three and one to be one of those second place teams to get to get through. So I think they're pretty much done. They're toast. I would agree yeah. with that process. Yeah. I Memphis so. is the only other Maybe. team that's Owen to. They're the only other team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, 
ahead. I was just going to say, since it's the first year of it, I do kind of, do we, so I was going to go the opposite way. I'll just be honest and take chalk mm-hmm. and say nuggets, but cause I just don't see Jokic and the nuggets not taking this seriously. I think they will, but I could see some teams being like, I don't know what this is. I don't want to play this stupid thing. And maybe they're just kind of cruising through it. And that's where you could find some value. But I think at the end of the day, you're going to run into the nuggets. That was sort of my approach to this. See, I, I was thinking that the nuggets coming off multiple long, long seasons, and they know what the real prize is at the end that they wouldn't mind if they were eliminated that do we really want to play an extra semifinal game on december 7th an extra title game on december 9th i i kind of think that teams like that are just not interested and the way Jokic was talking after they won the championship all he wanted to do is go back to his just want to go home they wouldn't let him go home can i go home now that's all he wanted right he wanted to go home feel bad for him all of a sudden there are yeah. cash prizes, though, uh, as incentives for winning this thing. And so I wonder if that matters when it comes to looking at, say, younger, scrappier teams. Maybe they know they mm-hmm. can't win the title. Like, deep down, they know they can't win the championship. But maybe they can win this. And that can mean something in terms of uh, padding the old pocketbook. So that might be another approach to take. A young, talented team that isn't quite ready for the biggest prize but they have a chance to win something like this. And that was, in a way, a a quasi-procedural step that I made here. One thing that I did do was I only factored in undefeated teams in terms of looking at my own futures. I did not look at teams with a loss at this point because I think it's just too hard for them to kind of make a run and then suddenly get a wild card spot or win the group outright. So in that respect, what I did was I looked at Darko lineups by these undefeated teams in the tournament so far, and the top five Darko lineups belong to the Nuggets, the Warriors, the Pacers, the Sixers, and the Heat. So I think there's obviously one that's unlike the other, uh, and it's that Indiana group with Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, Benedict Matherin. They can hang with a Sixers team that I think honestly has had an easier strength of schedule, and that's why that we've said all these good things about Philadelphia is, okay, the record's really good, and yeah, Joel Embiid, you know, I think one player of the week last week or something like that, but the Sixers really haven't been challenged that much so far. They will be soon enough, but I think that's why they're a little overrated right now. And so give me the Pacers at plus 250 to win East Group A. I think you can find some good value there. Okay, that's that's interesting. Because of that group that they're, they are in, right, um, the path makes a lot of sense. Maybe they're, they're not challenged. What are they for the to win this title? Thirty three. Oh, that's good. So that's a, that's a bet I placed over the weekend was thirty five oh, really? to one under, and okay. it's an interesting spot against the Sixers because they played them Sunday. Maxi drops a fifty burger, and that's a non in in game in season tournament in game. They were down by nineteen at one point. Right, they come all the way back. They were leading very early, or at some point in the fourth by like one. Sixers pull away, win by ten. I actually love that for this game tonight, which. Again, I think they have to win. I think, they're look, they've got the number one offensive rating in the NBA. You talk about a young team that can light it up any night. And after this, you got the Hawks and the Pistons. 
the more I think about it, they could be one of those teams that gets through at three and one as the wild card team with point differential. And then most points is another tiebreaker potentially, but this is a bet on them beating the Sixers tonight and then beating the Hawks and the Pistons at 35 to one. I think I see, I think might be the best number at this point is 33. There's definitely still a 33 out there, but I think that's worth a bet. And then when you're looking at the MVP, if you want to correlate it, like Halliburton's 40 to one, he's the shortest number on the team. I'm just going to play the the team at 33. Um, right. You could get a hundred to one on Turner. I think there might be something like a 200 to one on Matherin. If you think one of those guys pops in these tournament games, but yeah, the Sixers have been hot. They're playing well. They got bigger aspirations. And again, it, it's kind of in that back to back, you know, I, I think it plays into the Pacers side tonight as a five point dog. It's not bad. I like that. I like that. And um, last I checked, Embiid was questionable for tonight. So how much do they really care about this? I mean, that mm-hmm. might be a team that is looking at the big picture. And he he ends up sitting uh, five and a half point dogs. Uh, th- I see a 38 out there. So if you're price shopping, um, there is a difference in these prices, too. What about the Dallas Mavericks? Luka is playing out of his mind right now. I think they only have a couple losses on the season. This is a team heading into the tournament that I could see rolling and taking this seriously. Luka's a guy I keep waiting for to win NBA MVP. I feel like I bet on him every season and it doesn't happen. So that could be kind of like Ed's handicap. You know, maybe this is a team that is looking to prove something. They've got a lot of momentum right now. You can find them at 20 to 1 to win the tournament. I can't bet uh, awards, but I'm curious what Luka is for MVP. Okay. So. And that is, let's see. So that would be a play against Denver. That'd be the idea of, yes. okay, they're not, they're not going to go for Same it group. because you look at the rest, Pelicans, Rockets, Clippers, it's there for them. They're one and one so far. And so, yeah, I mean, that's a situation. Here and that loss was it, to the it, Nuggets, by the way. Okay. And if you believe in that team to make a run, it's obvious. You know the winner. That's not really the case with the Pacers. You can make a strong argument that it's it's Halliburton, but it's one of those situations where, okay, if they do win it, it is 100% going to be Luka getting that award. Mm-hmm. So that part's interesting. I see a 12 to one out there without uh, taking a deep dive, which is kind of crazy because the team number is better than that. <laughs> I, yeah, so <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah. So I see a, let's see, on the, I thought I saw one in the 20s for the Mavs. Yeah, I see a 24 to 1 out there because of that 1L that they have. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports 
Center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The other problem, too, is Mavericks have that blemish to the Nuggets. The Rockets yeah. are 1-0 in that same group. So yeah. if Houston makes a bit of a push, I mean, the big problem with Luka and the Mavericks, and it's been this way for a couple of years now, is the usage rate is insane. They run him into the ground, and they do it really early in the season. So on the one hand, I think that makes sense to back the Mavericks. If they didn't have that Nuggets blemish, I probably would, too, and completely tail this idea. But, you know, I just think that loss sort of disqualifies them because it's just so hard to get into the tournament after you have that loss. Mm-hmm. This Pacers look that you guys have, I think that's a strong one. Mm-hmm. That's the right idea. This is, there aren't a lot of avenues to value when we're talking about winning any sort of a title in the NBA. But this in-season tournament, maybe we're all wrong, and it ends up being one of the top five favorites. I think it does present a little bit of value. And that is the one thing that, uh, that betters could get excited about when it comes to this. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. A little bit of breaking news we need to get to in the NFL. The Buffalo Bills have fired offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. That's per Adam Schefter's sources. The new interim OC is Joe Brady who you may recall was the genius that put together the 2019 LSU (laughs) offense with Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and all of those studs. So they've made a change in Buffalo, hoping it will be just enough to get the Bills back into playoff contention. Joe, what's your reaction? Uh, We were talking during the break. I said that this is the move. When I realized that Joe Brady was the quarterback's coach, I'm like, oh, it's, it's an easy switch. You finally demote Dorsey. And, and then you make the move with Joe Brady because you have a guy who has experience in the league, called plays for the Panthers 2020, 2021, and that's that's an easy switch, and you see if there's anything that changes. Oh, by the way, did you see what the Panthers did? Kind of tying this together. Yeah, Thomas Brown, you're not the OC anymore. Eh, I'm going to take oh. that back. Oh, shame. <laughs> Frank, oh, Frank Reich said, that's that enough of that. That's enough of that. Oh, two <laughs> offensive touchdowns in three games? Get out. If we're going, if I'm going down with the <laughs> ship, better enough. be me calling the plays. So, uh, so that's happening there. I got a, got a, few, a couple of teams. That's Des- desperation mode here. It's too late, man. It's too late. So you're, you're putting him in this spot after five losses when there is no room for error. You're going against a Jets defense this week. And then the toughest stretch of the entire schedule for a full month is coming up. That's a bad spot to be in, Aaron. I think they had no choice. We were talking about it throughout the show. I mean, they had to do mm-hmm. something, right? You even said, who's getting fired today? Is someone getting fired today? It, it's just they really are in a desperate situation, and maybe it, it's at the point where the players are just tuning them out and they had to do something, and they're just desperate to get any kind of boost they can to try to get some wins down the stretch. So I just think it was something they had an inevitable situation. Yep. 
anytime there is a firing with a coordinator, and usually this happens in season, performance and results certainly matter. But what also matters, perhaps even more, is a philosophical conflict. And I think what we saw here with the Bills was this idea of having a slightly more conservative offense, you know, more tight ends on the field, running the ball a little bit more, those kinds of things. And that's not what worked for Josh Allen the last few years. And so some of that may have been Sean McDermott from down on high saying, okay, we want to change things up. We want to make sure we're a little bit more reliable, maybe, uh, you know, scale back the interceptions, whatever it is. But with Joe Brady at the helm, I mean, look at that LSU team. They were slinging it left and right, going deep, all of that stuff. So this is going to be a risk-taking offense all of a sudden. So as far as a betting perspective, to me, there are probably a lot of overprops that I'm going to be salivating for right away. Never mind like what the Bills are going to do as far as the playoffs are concerned. It probably is too late. But I suspect that Diggs will have more yards. Josh Allen will have more passing yards. That, to me, is the play going forward. It was 2019 when Joe Brady was the next offensive mastermind that was going to take on the league, uh, making that jump. He's still only 34 years old. He's 34. (laughs) And, well, he's getting another crack at it. So here we go. Let's see if he can score some points on that Jets defense. Have fun with that. There was a lot going on. And let's not get it twisted. It's also McDermott putting the attention somewhere else. Because mm-hmm. it's oh, your yeah. seven. 12 men. It is. You're seven. <laughs> right. Yes. He might be fired it's at sizzling. the end of the year. It's sizzling on the skillet. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our lightning bets, our favorite plays for tonight. That's right here on the BetQL Network.